0: It's a pick six and a touchdown. Bell into the middle of that line. And it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. There was contact with a quarterback and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately he got the handoff. You know this. The <laughs> QAnator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the
3: DOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One, and it's time for the Chronicles of Nanio with the resident stat geek over. At JetsXFactor.com, a man who this show is named for, Mr. Michael Nania. Today we're going to be talking about Quentin Williams Michael went through and watched every single snap of Quentin Williams' rookie season And we've got a lot to talk about because, as we know, there are a lot of conceptions and misconceptions About Mr. Quentin Williams and what he did in his first season in the NFL with the New York Jets So, Michael's here to clear everything up Michael, what's going on, sir?
2: Uh, I'm excited to talk about Quinnen because, as you said, there everyone it seems everyone has an opinion on whether the Jets were right or wrong to select him, whether you know how well he performed in his rookie season. But uh, he he's just a guy who hasn't gotten his the intricacies of his game haven't gotten enough attention. We know he had two and a half sacks. He didn't put up the biggest numbers, uh, and we only look at those things. But there's just so much more that goes into. Uh, what he brings, in, uh, what he brings to the table, and you know any defensive lineman brings to the table beyond uh, just what shows up in the stat in the stat sheet and in the sack column. So uh, I'm really excited to. Con- this was a lot of fun to do to look at his film and really get a closer look at what he was doing well, what he wasn't doing well. So uh, it definitely was great to get some more perspective on his season. So excited to talk about him,
3: Michael. Let's start with the pass rushing because. What a lot of people said about Quentin Williams coming out of Alabama was you couldn't pick him because you needed an edge rusher. You needed somebody that could get to the passer. And the counter argument was Quentin Williams may not be an edge rusher, but he can get to the passer and did a lot at college. And you've talked about this quite a bit. But his win rate was absolutely ridiculous in college, and his successful pressure rate was absolutely insane. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, it was better than Chase Young's. Wrap your head around that. So that was the counter-argument. Let's talk about what he actually did, though, in his first year with the Jets when it came to rushing the passer. First of all, let's talk about the frequency. How often was he deployed in the role of straight-up attacking the passer?
2: Yeah, so I broke down his production... As, and his usage as a pass rusher in a few different ways. One of them uh, was his move type, you know, the type of move that he was using as a rusher. And I did it pretty generally. There are a lot of different ways you break down. You can look at swim moves, clubs, swipes, rip moves, all those uh, very specific types of moves. But I broke it down into five simpler categories. Inside moves, outside, power moves, and then also stunt penetrator and stunt looper. So for Quinnen, 32% or about actually about 33%. So a third of his pass rushes, he was either a stunt penetrator or a stunt looper. So a third of the time he wasn't even you know straight up going one-on-one against an offensive lineman. And he'd actually did a really good job in those roles. Uh, I gave him a win rate of 32.6% as a stunt penetrator. That was his best of the five move types. Uh, and, and just to explain the win rate, it's, the wins are kind of a stat that I came up with to separate, to kind of take context or add context in to uh, what he's doing as a pass rusher because there's so many things he can't control. If the quarterback is getting the ball out really quickly, which teams did against the Jets quite a bit, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, uh, those t- teams in particular. But a lot of teams got the ball out really quickly against the Jets. So if the quarterback is taking the snap and just getting to the depth of his drop and getting the ball out, no one has a chance to do anything as a pass rusher. You can't get a sack, you can't get a hit, you can't even get a hurry on the quarterback if they're getting it out that quick. So to adjust for that, I took, I removed the plays in which, you know, there were, you know, not, they were, he didn't really do anything at all. You know, if it's a screenplay or an immediate release as soon as the quarterback catches it, then there's nothing to really evaluate. So I don't want to knock his win rate or his production or anything. On plays like that, because, you know, like I said, he's not getting the chance to actually do anything. But as long as the quarterback did drop back for an ample amount of time, which I looked at as about two and a half seconds, which is the average, re- average release time in the league, then I was looking at whether or not he could just simply beat his blocker. So I did track hurries and hits, and we know he only had two and a half sacks, and two of those were unblocked. So I did look at hurries and hits, but wins were the main thing that I looked at. And basically, what it is, is if he can beat his blocker, you know, You know, whether the quarterback, like I said, we're adding context in. So the quarterback scrambles, if he gets a ball out quickly, uh, if they're running a play where he's, you know, rolling out the pocket, things like that. Uh, Quinton can't control that. But what he can control is beating the guy in front of him. So that's what wins is all about. Can he get through his blocker on the way to the quarterback's initial set point within a reasonable amount of time to where he could have created pressure if the quarterback did stay? In the pocket. So that's basically what wins are. Uh, And to go back to his usage as a stump penetrator, that's where Quinnen did his best work. And he was used in that role about 33% of the time. So, in terms of the one on one move types, power moves were his favorite uh, of inside outside and power moves. He used power moves about half the time. And he he was, for good reason too, because he was more successful at those. 28% win rate as a power rusher, only 19% outside and 18% inside. So I think it shows a lot that, you know, his sheer power showed up quite a bit. As a bull rusher, he did a really good job. But there are things he can improve in terms of his finesse. Uh, And he showed a lot of flashes in college of being a really good finesse rusher. Just in the NFL, he can work on his counter moves, his snap timing, uh, just having a better plan coming into rushes. Those are the type of things he can improve to uh, get that inside and outside win rate up. But his power win rate was really strong throughout the season he did uh, just you could see his raw power like I mentioned snap timing his snap timing never really improved throughout the season but even without that he was still knocking guards and tackles uh, and centers as well really anybody into the pocket uh, just creating penetration through his strength alone so uh, his his raw power is really is really special and that's going to be the crux of what he brings to the table Throughout his time in the league, no matter you know, what else he develops, what he becomes, it's all going to stem from that power game. So that's already something that he does bring to the table, as well as his – and that is why he's so good as a stunt penetrator. He does a great job uh, of attracting attention, crashing down, holding the guard so an outside linebacker can loop through, so another tackle can loop around uh, and create pressure themselves. So that's something he did really well also. But power was the one thing he did, does bring to the table. You know you can get from
3: him. How often was he used to take on double and triple teams, as you mentioned? I know you said he was effective at it, but approximately what percentage of the time was that the way that he was deployed?
2: Yeah, so I don't have any numbers, particularly on when he was double teamed or anything like that. Uh, But as I said, he was used as part of a stunt about a third of the time, and it's about split between when he was a penetrator and a looper. So overall, of all of his pass rushes that I tracked, about 16 percent of the time he's a stunt penetrator which is a decent amount you're talking about one or two out of every 10 rushes that's his role and you know again if you're a stunt penetrator you don't really have the opportunity to actually get to the quarterback because your role is to allow someone else to do it but he did a great job in that role especially against the cowboys is where you really saw it uh in that game he created five pressures for teammates as a stunt penetrator so uh, it's a really important role that you know doesn't get a lot of attention because they're even in an advanced statistics way there's no way to track it because you know, obviously it's not gonna be in the box score but even pressures you can't get pressures from executing those well but what you can do is allow other pla- other players to get pressures and Quinnen did a pretty good job of that throughout the season now obviously the argument against him in terms of this part of his game is that you know you don't draft someone with the third pick to do that and that's absolutely right he has to improve a lot of facets of his pass rushing game if he's going to be worth that pick but at the very least he is bringing this to the table already it's very valuable it helped them quite a bit already in his rookie season so uh in terms of calling him a bust or you know and just calling him a bust at all you can't just because of you know his run defense is great but even in the pass rush or i mean his run defense was pretty good but in the pass rushing game uh, what he does as a, stun pre- as a stun penetrator, as a bull rusher, he does bring that presence already just with his with his sheer strength uh, to, cr- to create some penetration and also open up lanes for teammates. So in terms of off the stat sheet stuff as a stun penetrator, he did do a very solid job uh, in that area.
1: Were
3: there any games where his pass rushing stuck out in particular? So down the,
2: the stretch, he actually was starting to play really well. So I was disappointed he missed the Baltimore game. Uh, because before that he's starting to really pick up his two best win rates of the season were in week 13 and 14 against the Bengals and the Dolphins. And he actually did leave uh, in the middle of that Dolphins game while he was having easily his best game of the season. I gave him six wins on 14 rushes in that game, which is about 43%. And for perspective, I think average is about 30%. I did look at some other games, Uh, from some other players, get some perspective on it. I didn't do every single player in the league, so I'm not for sure on what average great and bad would be. But based on what I've seen, I think 30% is about average. Quinnen on the season was 24.5% with his win rate. So, you know, below average, which is where his pressure numbers were, uh, but also not terrible. So something that he can build off of for sure. But in terms of his best games, that Dolphins game week 14, he was having an absolute field day uh, against that, Very bad Dolphins offensive line that the Jets did beat up on uh, in that game. But it was unfortunate he got hurt because he's on the way to a dominant performance in that one. And also missed a a really good test against the Ravens elite offensive line. But he did come back against the Steelers and keep his hot streak going. They have a good offensive line. He played pretty good against them as well. So that three-game stretch late in the season, Bengals, Dolphins, Steelers, he played some of his best football as a pass rusher. Over that phase. Also, I mentioned the Cowboys game. Uh, He was really good in that one as a stunt penetrator, in particular against the Dolphins in week nine, Giants in week 10. Pretty solid in those, but he did have some quiet games, obviously. Uh, The Patriots game in week seven, the Jaguars in week eight, that was a quiet stretch. And also week 11 and 12 against the Raiders, particularly the Raiders. He only had one win in that game. Uh, on 16 rushes, so that's only 6.3% win rate, worst of the season. And the Raiders do have one of the best offensive lines that the, Jet, uh, that the Jets faced throughout the season, especially in pass protection. They have one of the absolute best offensive lines in pass protection, Rodney Hudson, Richie Incognito, Trent Brown, uh, and Quinnen really struggled against those guys. So uh, that was definitely a test that, you know, clearly he actually did learn a little bit from, because it was right after that game against the Raiders. Uh, where he started off his hot streak against, you know, granted much worse offensive lines with Cincinnati and Miami, but uh, still was able to pick up after that and improve down the stretch. So overall, I think in terms of uh, on a game by game basis, it's promising that Quinnen did finish a lot stronger. His win rate over his final four games, I gave him 31.2% compared to 21.8 over his first nine games. So a substantial jump. And again, as I said, based on context, 31% is probably about slightly above average. So it was definitely a nice step up for him. And his pressures as well were up. Uh, my count on pressures and, and the official tracking, or at least PFF's tracking, his pressures were up down the stretch. But based on what I tracked, I gave him 12 pressures, 15.6% rate, final four games, 10 pressures, 5.1% first nine games. So tripling that pressure rate over the final corner over the final quarter of the season. So uh, definitely a promising finish from him after having a few sets of uh, quiet games over the first three quarters of the season.
3: Feels a little bit like the way Sam Darnold finished 2018, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Because, you know, Sam and I think the one difference would be the fact that uh, Quinnen doesn't have that, you know, that gap where he actually, you know, like Darnold missed a few games and came back and looked like a different player. So, Although that's not there, you still saw that, uh, just like Darnold did. You saw that elite potential uh, to finish the season after he was very inconsistent to start the year, had some great games like he did against Detroit, the Colts, the Broncos, but also some bad games against the Browns, the Jaguars, uh, the Bears in Chicago, uh, the Dolphins in Miami. So just up and down, flashes of elite potential, but also you know rookie bumps. And Quinnen was the same way. He had some very quiet games where he did – hardly anything at all, but he also had some high points. And then down the stretch, he kind of brought it all together and was more consistent. And, you know, he still can be a lot better than he was over those final few games, especially uh, when you consider that, you know, his two best were against the Bengals and Dolphins, who probably the two worst offensive lines outside the Jets. The Dolphins absolutely had the worst offensive line in the league. Bengals were awful as well. But uh, So even though the competition wasn't great, just to see him finish strong was really promising. Uh, We saw plenty more flashes of potential from him down the stretch, especially in terms of, I mentioned inside and outside moves, finesse moves, being an area where he struggled. In that area, you saw a lot more from him down the stretch, especially against the Dolphins. He had this one play uh, where he threw a a nice little double swipe into an outside rip move, got a hit on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Against the left guard, he did that. Uh, Got a hit on Fitzpatrick and James Burgess made an interception, and it was called back because of a Penalty on Burgess, but that was a really good highlight play from him in that Dolphins game. And there were a lot of moments like that uh, over the past few weeks. Against the Bengals, he had a few plays uh, where he created pressure and it led to an intercept. one where Brian Poole almost picked off a pass because of Quinnen's pressure, one where Andy Dalton had to scramble and throw the ball away, forced the Bengals to punt because of Quinnen's penetration. Uh, so he's quietly making some very key plays uh, in the final core of the season. So a really good jumping point for him.
0: Play like a Jet.
1: Play
3: like a Jet. Michael, we talked about his progression as a pass rusher. Let's get back a little bit to what he did in terms of being able to take on stunts. You said that he created a lot of opportunities for other players on the team. You identified the Dallas game as one of the better examples of what he was able to do in that regard. Tell me a little bit more about some of the games where he was able to have a major impact doing that.
2: Yeah, well, the Cowboys one is the one that comes to mind first. Uh, as I said, he created five pressures for teammates uh, with his just as a stunt penetrator in that game. Uh, I believe Jordan Jenkins had a hit on Dak Prescott. Kyle Phillips had one, uh, and the other three were hurries, but they were key ones that forced some incompletions. So it's something that it's is very hard to notice when you're watching live, but when you look back at it, you notice that it's his penetration, his ability to get off the ball you know, attack a gap and draw two defenders in and allow someone else to loop through. Uh, his ability to do that, that allows uh, whoever eventually does get to the quarterback to actually get there. So against the Cowboys, he did a good job with that. Uh, I, in the Against the Dolphins of Week 9, he did a good job as well. Uh, There's actually one play against the Dolphins where Quinnen brought the – yeah, he held the center, brought the center to the right side. Terrell Basham looped through to create pressure on Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick scrambled, and then Jordan Jenkins picked up the cleanup sack. So kind of a domino effect there. Quinnen creates pressure for Basham, Fitzpatrick scrambles, and Jordan Jenkins cleans it up. So just a lot of things like that uh, where he made a huge impact in that way. So the Cowboys game stands out, but that one sack by Jenkins against Miami in Week 9 was a great example of Quinnen making a just a, a pristine example of this off-the-stat sheet impact that he has just from one thing leading to the next to ultimately Jenkins picking up the credit uh to finish it off so those are probably the two that stand out in terms of his stun penetration impact
3: let's talk about his run defense because Michael I think we both agree that his run defense was already major league pretty much from day 1 and it got better and better as the season went along everybody is going to say and no question this is a valid thing to be worried about well sure that's great that he can stop the run, but A, stopping the run isn't that important in today's NFL, and B, getting guys that can stop the run much, much easier than getting guys that can get to the quarterback. That said, he was pretty valuable in that regard. The Jets were one of the best run-defending teams in the league, and he played a major role in making that happen, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and look, you're 100% right. Pass, the pass rushing is a lot more important. The passing game is more key more just just plays a larger role in the outcome of games than the run game does so you know if you can only choose for him to be good at one you would like for it to be pass rushing and he has to improve that but at the same time the run game still matters it doesn't matter quite as much as it used to or quite as much as the passing game but it does matter and the jets were very good on run defense this year one of the best run defenses that they've ever had their yards per carry allowed versus league average was the best in franchise history about a full yard under the league average. So, and Quinton was a big part of that. He had 15 run stops or 14 run stops on 158 snaps against the run. So that gives him a run stop percentage of 8.9%. That was at the 83rd percentile among interior defensive linemen. So he's really active in the run game, uh, getting involved in big tackles. And just to explain a run stop is considered any tackle against the run that is a just a positive value for the defense so if you make a tackle on a run that you know picked up a first down then you know that's not all that productive but you know if you stop a run for three yards on third and 10 or for two yards on third and three that's a run stop it's a productive stop so Quinnen did pick those up at a very good rate his run defense grade was also really good 71st percentile so against the run there's not too much to complain about he wasn't uh wasn't dominant against the run, but you know, as a uh, as a rookie, a really raw one who only started for a, one full year at Alabama, it was. He does have the potential to be one of the best run defending defensive tackles in the league, and that's a key part of a lot of the best interior guys uh, in the NFL. And you know, the absolute stars, Aaron Donalds, uh, Fletcher Coxes of the world, those guys are great as pass rushers, uh, but a lot of the mainstay defensive tackles in the league are really good at run defense as well those two guys are and plenty of the best stars in the league can stuff the run that's what allows you to stay on the field throughout the entirety of the game and not just be a pass rushing specialist so Quinnen does have that you can have him on the field at any point and feel like he's going to hold his ground against the run especially against the Eagles he had some good reps against Lane Johnson even against Brandon Brooks a few Um, which he did a really good job against the run. The Cowboys, especially Uh, just to mention that game again, that's probably his best display of the season. And especially because the Cowboys have so much talent, they Travis Frederick at center, who's now retired Zach Martin at right guard. And uh, they, they were missing their starting tackles or Tyron Smith didn't play in that game, but Quinnen doesn't go against tackles that much anyway, but against the Cowboys, he had a lot of really good plays against the run against Frederick Zach Martin, probably the best duo of center and right guard in the league this past year. And Quinnen uh, was really good against those two guys. Had a lot of reps in which he was able to uh, hold his ground and be able to shed blocks, get in on the tackle, especially this one play where he's on the he's on the front side of the play and Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott cuts a backside. And Quinnen's able to hop two gaps, get off of both a, a double team from both Frederick and Martin and make the play. So the Cowboys game is really impressive. Uh, Eagles game as well. He made some plays against the run, but uh, overall, there's not too much to complain about with his run defense. Hopefully, he can continue improving there and become a dominant run defender. But uh, for now, he's still a very, very good one. Across the board, his numbers against the run are about as well as you could ask. Also, against the run, he didn't miss too many tackles either. He only had a few of those. Uh, I don't think he missed one until about the fourth week of the season. He finished with only. Uh, I believe, one missed tackle against the run. So uh, he does a very good job there. Uh, actually, excuse me, he did have three missed tackles against the run, but still not that many. He did a, a, good, a good job finishing in the run game. So across the board, very solid numbers against the run. Hopefully he gets even better, but uh, you do know you're getting that from him, at least very solid run defense.
3: So you would say at the moment he would be considered – not quite an elite run defender, but a really good run defender and somebody who showed flashes of being a really good pass rusher, finished strong, and his trajectory is pushing upwards for the 2020 season. Would that be an accurate way to describe it?
2: Yeah, I think so, especially because of how he finished the season. I think that's the biggest thing with any rookie. You know that most rookies are going to have their bumps. You know, Obviously, some rookies come in and they just dominate from day one, like the guy who got picked one spot ahead of and Williams and Nick Boza. But uh, it doesn't happen with everyone. And for, for most rookies, they're going to have those down games where you know they don't do much of anything. They look completely lost. And and had some of those games. But most rookies do. And what you want to see is that they're progressing throughout the season and that they show you flashes of, look, if they do figure this out, then they have the talent to become a really good player in this league, a potential star in the NFL. And Quinn Williams definitely did that. And down the stretch, he had he was able to string together a few impressive performances in a row. And in terms of high points, the Jets did play quite a few good interior offensive linemen throughout the season, and he had some great moments against them. I mentioned the Eagles and Cowboys games, uh, but also against the Steelers in Week 16 uh, and against their group of guys up front, especially Ramon Foster, who uh, actually retired a couple weeks after... That game against the Jets, but Foster was still pretty good this year, even though he is obviously past his prime. He retired, but against him, he had some great reps. Uh, Pouncy in that game at center for Pittsburgh, he had some good reps against him. So he had a lot of good high points and also against the lesser competition. He did a pretty good job with dominating those, oper- well, maybe not dominating, but doing a pretty good job against those. So the way he finished the season, really promising. Run game was pretty consistent throughout the season. Again, not dominant, but he definitely showed the potential to be dominant in that phase with just a few more steps upward. And in terms of pass rushing, definitely saw some progress down the stretch down uh, late in the season. Uh, And really what it comes down to is whether he can improve the finesse part of his game. And the thing that's really promising there is that we saw at Alabama he's capable of that. You mentioned uh, when we started off that, you know, when he was in college, he was producing pressure at a higher rate than – most of the best edge rushers in this year's class were producing, or last year's, were producing. And, and that's why he was such an intriguing pick, because you know even though he was an interior guy, he was so dominant that he was producing just as much as any edge prospect was. So obviously that didn't come into fruition in year one, but down the stretch potentially it could, because he does have that talent. So uh, in college we saw plenty of examples of him stacking moves together Uh, throwing some beautiful counters and some really good uh, moves at offensive linemen. And we didn't see much of that in in his rookie season, but there were definitely some flashes throughout the season that became more frequent, especially later in the year. So it's definitely there. He's got to improve his snap timing. He's got to be better at countering moves because there will be times where he'll throw his first move, like he'll try a swim or he'll try a club move. Uh, and it gets stymied by the offensive lineman. They'll you know, throw a quick punch and they'll shut it down. And then from there, he just kind of doesn't have anything else to do. And he'll just get completely shut down, not be able to kind of go into a second move and be able to find a way to still make something happen. If that first move wasn't there, a lot of the time, you would pretty much be held in place at the line of scrimmage. So that's something he's got to be better at, having a plan B, being able to execute it. I think snap timing is a big one. Uh, he definitely was not timed you look at like just as an example Steve McClendon and Foley Fadakasi they have tremendous snap timing they get off the ball at the perfect time with a lot of explosion and that's what's able to allow them to get a lot of power into their rushes uh, in both against the run and against the pass uh, create penetration into the backfield and Quinnen was pretty late off the ball throughout most of the season so that's something he can be better at but The few times where he does get off the ball well, you could see how much power he does have. And and as I said earlier, even when he's not getting off the ball good, he's still creating a lot of, at, at times still creating a lot of penetration just because he has so much raw power. So if he does figure out that snap timing, he can be absolutely devastating with this power game. And then in terms of finesse, he has the moves. You could see that he's trying to throw them. He's trying swim moves. He's trying rips, swipes, all those things. But, just in terms of he's got to be able to come in with a better plan, understand what's better for the situation, kind of study his opponents a little bit better potentially, uh, and really kind of understand what their weaknesses are, what they, how they might approach a certain down or distance, uh, and just be able to throw the right move at the right time and have counter moves, things like that. Uh, but in turn, if you're looking for potential and promise, there are plenty of examples throughout the season. I had, I have a ton of clips on JetX of some of those of some of those moments where he showed uh, that potential of being able to do these things. So uh, he showed you everything just about, I believe throughout the season, the power stuff was a lot more frequent than the finesse stuff for sure, but there definitely were some glimpses of just about everything. Obviously at Alabama, we saw everything. So it's just about if he can bring that together, which is the case for every rookie, but the promising thing, he finished strong and he does have, a good base you know he's a good power rusher you know he can help you a lot as a stunt penetrator he's very good in that role and as a run defender you can have him on the field in short yardage uh, situations and count on him to stop the run well on any down and distance he's already very good in that role so he has established a pretty decent four and the potential we know is obviously there so it's just about if he can uh, do some of the things that I mentioned as a pass rusher to jump into the upper echelon and maintain the high level of production that he had over the final few games of the season.
3: So overall, after having watched his entire rookie season, what grade would you give him and how optimistic are you about his second season?
2: Well, for his rookie season, I think a B is fair because I I do think that it's a little surprising to see him struggle so much to adapt because he was so dominant. Uh, With the Crimson Tide, because, uh, you know, again, like we say all the time, how he's uh, a more raw prospect for the top of the draft. And that's true. He did only Starford. you know, he elevated from pretty much not on the radar to top five pick very, very quickly. Uh, So he is very raw. But at the same time, I think most of us expected him to come in and make an instant impact as just a, a very good instant impact. And he didn't do that. So I was a little surprised by that. But at the same time, you also got to consider he dealt with some injuries throughout the season. I, he missed the second and third games of the season, got hurt in the first game. He was in a walking boot as soon as the season opener was over. So he dealt with that. Again, missed another one later in the season. So he did deal with some injuries. He is a very raw prospect, so he does get a pass. But I did still expect more than he brought to the table. So a little bit of points off for that. But as I said, he fought through those injuries he improved on some things that were weaknesses earlier in the season and made them strengths later in the season. So he did a very – I think he progressed pretty well down the stretch of the season. Showed some fortitude uh, going through some of those injuries. Uh, sticking, also sticking with his role on the defensive line because there was a lot of competition there. Nathan Shepard, Foley Fadakasi playing really well. Henry Anderson is a big contract. McClendon played really well. Uh, but he held on to his role throughout the season and stayed a mainstay on that defensive front uh, and just continue to get snaps and play better throughout the season. So it's impressive to see him do much better down the stretch. And the, the jets were using him differently down the stretch beginning in the beginning of the season. It was pretty balanced. He would play most the split between how he often he would rush against left guard and right guards, pretty similar. 29% of his rushes against left guard, 34% right guard, but the jets did kind of fi- figure out what it, a niche for him that worked better down the stretch games seven to 13. So essentially the second half of his rookie season, 43% of his rushes against left guard, only 10% against right guard. So they kind of saw the right side of the, of, of the defensive line. I can see offense's left, left side as a better fit for him. And that definitely worked better down the stretch. He's doing really good against left guards on the season. He had a 25% win rate against left guards, 25 wins, most of any position, uh, and also did a good job against right guards as well. But it was that finish where they kind of shifted him over to that right side of the defensive line, and he started to play better. Uh, So I really liked the way he progressed throughout the season. He showed some potential. So uh, at the same time, I I definitely expected more, just as anyone else did with the third overall pick. Uh, I do understand that he improved, showed a lot of, showed a lot of potential and uh, still is very much the same, has as just as much promise as he did coming out as the third overall pick last year. So uh, I'm really excited to see what he does in 2020. And you mentioned Sam Darnold as a comparison, but I think Jamal Adams is, uh, in terms of uh, the, just the arc of his rookie season, uh, a good comparison as well. Because remember Adams, like after that rookie season, we were, a lot of people thought that Marcus May had, the better first season. I, I think I was definitely a part of that, but you know, he struggled in coverage. He was pretty good against the run, very similar to Quinn and Williams, not doing too much in the passing game, but playing well against the run. Uh, But the thing with Adams was that on a lot of the plays he got beat in coverage. He was so close to making the play. He was an inch away from breaking a pass out, making an interception or, you know, someone just made a spectacular catch over him. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, he was clearly a player who you saw all the talent, and with just a little bit of progression, he could fulfill it and be really good. And that's exactly what he did. He made up that inch in coverage, came really good in that area, and is now an all around superstar. And uh, I think Quinnon is in a similar boat. With some small improvements, he could fulfill the potential that made him a top five pick and become a star in the league. So I'm excited to see if he can do that.
3: We're all excited for that, and I think we've all got our fingers crossed that he can become an elite player in the NFL for many years to come. And as a lot of people seem to forget, still very young, only 21 years old, so plenty of time for him to get there, let's hope the twenty twenty season is the first major step towards him becoming an elite player. As you said, happen for Jamal Adams. Let's see if it happens for Quentin Williams. Michael Nanny, a resident stat nerd, over at jetsxfactor.com Thanks for coming on for the Chronicles as always. Really appreciate it. What else do you have cooking over at jetsxfactor.com Because I know that you're putting out like twenty-six articles a day, even in the off season. So you've got to have plenty of stuff up there for people to check out right now
2: yeah I've definitely got the offseason grind going this is the part of the offseason where you got to get really creative this is always the quietest part of the year and especially this year or so uh, but I've been doing really good I feel like at least uh, picking out some really interesting topics uh, I just finished ranking that where the Jets various position groups ranked across the league where their linebackers ranked tight ends interior defensive line cornerbacks, wide receivers, offensive line, and spoiler alert, the O-line's not very good, but uh, I'm ranking all those position groups out of 32 uh, league-wide because I feel like that's really important. Sometimes we only compare Jets against Jets of the past instead of the rest of the league, so uh, that was a lot of fun to rank all of the uh, Jets position groups against the rest of the league, so definitely check that out. I've been looking at some of the best players on their 2020 schedule. They play a lot of really good stars on both side of the balls that I, on both sides of the ball this year so um, def- every day a lot of really good stuff coming out uh jets x factor i've been it's been a lot of fun to do definitely uh, a ton of good stuff coming out there every single day and i've, I've actually kind of surprised myself a little bit coming up with some of these topics on a daily basis but uh, it's been a ton of fun
3: Make sure that you check out Michael's work over at JetsXFactor.com. Also follow him on Twitter at Michael underscore Nannia. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.